for club and you ain't in it full of psychopaths who believe in eugenics it's an evil club and you ain't in it full of psychopaths who believe in eugenics it's an evil club and you ain't in it you fucker I, are we live right now there we go we're live <laughs> we're live all right welcome everybody this is the reality stars podcast and i'm your host here nate and my co-host tony hello and we have uh two awesome guests we have Elemental and we got Sally Mayweather. What's and up? <laughs> Elemental, you want to give your plugs, buddy? Tell people wh- who you are and where they can find you. Yeah, my name's Elemental. I'm a like truth hop conscious hip hop MC from uh, out of Portland, Oregon. Uh, I just released a new album, kind of. It's called Power of Truth. I had a little bit of copyright issues and working on clearing one, a one second audio sample uh, for my new for my new release. I do have the physical copies. Uh, I'm, starting to give out to friends and stuff but uh it should be on all major platforms here within the next several weeks uh like itunes spotify and all that yeah i'm gonna pick up a couple from you and we'll talk about it later because your fucking album is really unique and pretty cool uh i'm gonna pick up a few from you and we're gonna give a giveaway to uh some of the audience later oh that'd be cool yeah hell yeah all right thank you thank you appreciate that and sal tell everybody who you are everybody knows who the fuck you are but tell us uh, where they can find you and what you're up to uh, Sal Mayweather at Sally Mayweather, Salvi Goris on your social media apps. Um, I'm up to all kinds of shit. I got a million projects going on at any given time, um, all designed to bring about the death of politicians, figuratively, of course. Don't come read my house, but um, yeah, that's it. I'm just, you know, keep on pushing on. I got a million projects. My main two projects are, of course, agorathreads.com. And 3dprintergober.com, where you can, of course, pay with cryptocurrency to avoid having to access KYC payment platforms. It's really the only way in the world I can think of that you could theoretically acquire a gun without having to go through a KYC payment process. So that's 3dprintergober.com. But yeah. Fucking A. All right. So we brought you guys on here because me and Tony are a couple of fucking knuckleheads. And personally i haven't heard so that's what i think we were gonna say i was gonna i'm just gonna give you the black pill <laughs> like what what the bad things that i've heard about nfts and then you guys are gonna fucking school me and tell me what's really up so uh i don't really know too much about nfts besides that it's like a digital image right that's put up there and um supposedly you you sell it and you buy it and it's a thing and i so again, I'm retarded, <laughs> but it's also has something to do with the metaverse and the metaverse is scary because like, they're going to try to suck us all into the fucking matrix. And it, this is going to be kind of like, what was that fucking TV show on Netflix? You know what I'm talking about? Black mirror. This is all going to turn into a black mirror episode. We're all going to be zombies. We're all going to die. All right. Now tell me what the fuck's what's really up. Uh, Who wants to well, jump in first? So that's begin. So- so that's not what an NFT is. Right? <laughs> so um, an NFT, so you have tokens, right? And it, it, what a, a token is, is just a digital representation of ownership that exists on some blockchain ledger. Um, the images that you mentioned are just one sort of like infantile manifestation of that. It's just one one application of a non-fungible token. No shit. I should, okay. I should I should back up. I should back up. So a token is a digital representation of ownership on the blockchain. A non-fungible token is one that's unique among its set. 
So it's one that's like it's it's different somehow than the other tokens in its set. So that's why it's, it's like a, it's a um, one good application is of course like art and stuff like that, but it doesn't have to be that. It could be anything. Like it could be um, like you know like you guys ever like go to like a Super Bowl party and you have like a hundred boxes and you have to like you, like you play the Super Bowl pool and you want to get like the final score. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Yeah. Well, you could do that, but with NFTs and you could have one token representing each box and you can do it in a sort of decentralized fashion and there's there's a million other applications but and i'm sure we'll get into it later but like just how it parlays into the metaverse is just that everything in the metaverse is an nft right the the land that you buy the the clothes that your avatar wears those are all nfts so that's why it's such an integral part of the metaverse interesting so i was hanging out with elemental and he was showing me a little bit of stuff online and this is why I invited him on the show because, like, he like walked me through like a digital house, and then he was showing me pictures on the wall, and all of those pictures were fucking for sale. And I was like, "What the fuck is this?" Somebody's. <laughs> oh man! So the whole NFT thing. Let me start with this. Let me. I'll get to that in a second. But it, it's literally limitless the customization options that you can pursue when you create an NFT. And it really just like a lot of it sometimes depends on the platform, the upload size limits for some things that you might try to do. Like I'm trying to release a 4K music video NFT, right? But most the average like size restriction for uploads for NFT minting is about 100 megabytes. So my video is like just under 250 megabytes. So I'm working with this uh, one uh, platform over on Hive called NFT Tunes that then they said they're going to be able to implement into their code to have a higher uh, upload restriction than I need to actually put those out there. And they're focused on music too. So it'll be cool to be on that platform. Um, as far as the metaverse thing though, I mean, I mean, oh, hold on. So there's all kinds of other things you can do with NFTs too, right? Like, like there's, there's these like perma coupons you can create. You can create these things called founders tokens, right? Limited amount of them, say just as an example, a hundred, right? And there's no more to ever be minted. These are like lifetime tokens that can get you just, let's say, 10% off on something for life, you know, or get you like backstage access to shows that if you're an artist or something like that, you know what I mean? Or guarantees you a free NFT airdrop for forever, like once a week or once a month or something like that. I mean, there's just like a few examples like of what it could be. And, you know, a lot of people are pursuing these, um, like sort of eight bit pixelated images type things. And that's has a whole historical thing with NFTs over there on Ethereum, the punks or whatever. And that kind of like translated to hive a little bit. They ripped, ripped off that concept. And I just like, I'm not about that kind of stuff. Like those like weird, like eight bit Fabergé egg type mentality. I like to see NFTs that actually have function and utility. That's what I think gives them value. That and the rarity. And also you have to factor in the quality of the image or video or whatever. Um, but if you want to go into metaverse, though. So the best one that I've seen and what he was referencing a second ago uh, was uh, something called crypto voxels. Right now, this is a 3D VR world that already exists. It's already accessible. You just go to the website and you're right there as a like guest avatar walking around. And it's just basically a huge virtual VR mall. But it's sort of more on the 8-bit side. You know, it's the graphics aren't really like top notch or anything like that. But it's totally functionable. I mean, you, you people like buy real estate in there and they actually have stores and you can like walk into them. And if you click on the images on the walls you can make them anything or they could be videos too but if you click on them it how the thing that pops up that can take you and redirect you to actually purchase that nft that's on the wall there 
So that already exists. That's the thing. But there's a bigger, like way better graphics version, like NFT world coming out. That's going to be uh, uh, bridging multiple blockchains. Uh, it'll be a metaverse style thing. And it's going to involve blockchain gaming as well. It's called Game State. And they're like linking up with DeFi for you over on Binance Smart Chain too. And there's rumors about it interfacing with Hive. They're not, they're kind of being hush-hush about it. I don't know why, but it seems like they're going that route because they were previously, they updated their site to with a new advertisement now. But the first one that I saw in there was just this like huge arena. It was like sort of like some advanced Pokemon Stadium looking thing. And uh, they, it was just Splinterlands everywhere. Do, do any of you guys know about Splinterlands, by the way, since we're talking about NFTs? No. No. No? Okay, well, <laughs> sorry. We're normally, fam. <laughs> so, so this is like ahead. the biggest fucking NFT game in the world, right? This is the it's, big it's, ones. Like a- it's the number one blockchain game on the planet. Uh, it's built on the Hive blockchain. It was made by this dude named Agrode. Uh, that's his handle. I actually met him down at Anarchapoco a few years ago uh, when he was first busting out his like the, the only physical cards of this game I've ever actually seen. He was giving out his promos. Uh, down there, do you have one? I, yeah, I do actually. God, I wish my camera was working so I could show it to you, dude. I bet um, that thing's worth a minute. I think that thing's I, fucking worth some money, I, huh? Yeah, there was a few left over at our vending stand that he dropped there, and uh, I've been thinking about auctioning a few of them off because, <laughs> yeah, but anyway, um, this game. It's it's basically a digital card game. I would say that it's kind of taken its place as the sort of online Magic the Gathering play-to-earn game right now just because of its popularity and the way it works. But what's really impressive about this game is the synergistic ecosystem that was created and these different assets that all like seem to benefit each other if you like sort of tweak them the right way and put them in the right places. It's sort of like sort of like the secular thing that happens. And right now there is a year long airdrop going on. We're only about four, four and a half months in something like that. Um, And they're dropping every day based on a calculated amount of your Splinterlands assets. So it could be anything like packs of cards, cards, dark energy crystals. That's one of the currencies in the game. And you get, they, they add that all up and give you a point total. And that calculates how much SPS, this governance token that they're airdropping all year, once a day called Splinter Shards or SPS and uh, right now it's actually like dirt cheap. It's super, super on sale. It's it's like 12 cents or a piece or something like that. Uh, it came out and, and peaked out at about a dollar. wasn't even like a couple months ago. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, that that's the play right now for me. I'm just getting because uh, Chaos Legion, the new set just came out recently. It's not quite sold out. And every single pack set release that comes out of this, like it's they all start at two dollars. This is the first one ever that was four dollars. So these packs are four now. But they used to be two, and they would sell out in the general sale. And let's just take the last set, Untamed, that came out. I think that one came out, or at least sold out, about four months ago now. So it, it sold out, $2 a pack. Then it, all the packs hit the secondary market. And I sold mine for like $110 a pack. Like, even buying them. I bought mine on the secondary market for $16 a piece because I mixed, missed the general sale. And then ended up selling them uh, for $110 a piece like a month and a half later. It's just because of the rarity. And there's also this deflationary system of the cards, right? So obviously there's only so many packs of each set and there's only so many cards in each set, just like a regular card game. And they're not going to like reprint these either. Uh, But the thing is, is that in order to level up the cards, you actually have to um, merge the cards together. You have to fuse them and burn all the other copies of the same card to level that one card up. So as time goes on, 
there's less and less of these cars because people are leveling them up yeah. and the, the ones that are left are more and more powerful and yeah. they're more and more sought after and i mean like some days like that went by like in the late summer early fall there was like 15 to twenty thousand new users a day coming on the on the splinterlands like it's nuts and so like, each <laughs> and every one of those characters right is its own unique nft right exactly so yeah. every single card is an nft and th- and what's really cool about splinterlands is that every piece of art that you see on the cards is from a uh hive design contest that they hold it's all winners of like so it's all like sort of like this decentralized art that comes comes about so it's kind of like baseball cards in a way where like you just to see we're both nerds Tony. It's... you went to baseball cards <laughs> i'm thinking pokemon cards because that's yeah, what i grew yeah, up yeah, with yeah yeah it's like pokemon it has elements of different games like it kind of reminds me a little bit of like pokemon and Yu-Gi-Oh and magic the gathering but it's its own thing too at the same time you know what i mean obviously i mean it's a very very unique game it's funny because when i when that game was first coming out i had a chance to get like dump what hive used to be called steam we were on steam back then actually the game used to be called steam monsters and then when we forked to hive they changed it to splinterlands uh just for reference a little historical note there um but when, when i first looked at the game you know when it was first coming out it was not nearly as polished as it was now you know that i was looking i was like you know these we don't even actually get any real cards you know, like the art isn't that great yet. The interface isn't that great yet. But you know what, man? I That was stupid. A couple of my friends that they bugged me, this. My one friend bugged me like every other day for like two years, even after that, when we both first met him and we're talking about the game. Every day he's hit me up online. Hey, you need, you need to get into Steam Monsters. You need to invest in these alpha and beta packs and stuff. Like, it's like, oh, I don't know, man. You know, it's just a game, blah, blah, blah. Because, you know, I've kind of grown up from games and stuff. But honestly, like, I don't even play the Splinterlands game. I play the game outside the game. That's what I like to call it because it's a game of its own, like messing with the assets and like I you can rent your cards. Like that's the thing. I get these cards. I never I, I never if I get packs, I never open more than like a third, a quarter to a third of all the packs I'm getting just because you know that the packs themselves are such a safe investment and you know they're going to go up in value. You know what I mean? Whereas if you open packs, then you're gambling as to whether the pack's going to be worth more than what the pack, uh, like the cards in the pack are worth more than what the pack itself could be worth later. And, and that's a whole nother debate, right? But it's it's kind of hard to lose at this game. <laughs> it's it's really cool, man. And right now, like the whole card market's down. Uh, SPS is super down. Everything's like a really good point to get in at. So, and the Chaos Legion sale is still happening. There's only, there's slightly under like half the packs that have actually sold. There's still another like 6 million packs available so and it's only been out for a couple of days well i'm super fucking i don't know if i i don't know if i'd ever actually play the game but i might fucking invest just in the tokens just some of the shard cash and i don't know oh and that was some fucking money so if you don't play with the cards you can rent the cards too that you do have on uh peak monsters it's just another front end for splinterlands and hive where you can yeah, you can rent your cards and you get you the rentals come in in dark energy crystals. You take those dark energy crystals, get you more SPS airdrop points, or you can take those and buy cards or whatever. Or you can put it in a liquidity pool with SPS and get more SPS that way. Like there's a whole nother thing with liquidity pools and tribal decks attached to Hive Engine, but that's a whole nother conversation. I'm probably confusing the crap out of the audience, honestly, <laughs> at this point. <laughs> but there's like so many different ways that you can just. That's what I'm saying about the whole cyclical synergistic ecosystem of assets. Like it's hard to go wrong. There's just ways that are better than others 
it's kind of a guessing game like anything, but it's just really the safest investment ecosystem I've found. And it's a game, you know, I don't know. <laughs> That's my take on it. That's fucking neat, man. Yeah. So tell me more about the metaverse cell. People are buying houses. Mm-hmm. Dude, there is multi-million-dollar. I can't afford it, dude. It's like <laughs> there's there's like multi-million-dollar real estate companies that have no physical real estate in their portfolio whatsoever. All they do is own like digital real estate. So and tell me how this isn't a giant fucking scam? Because this sounds like the best fucking scam <laughs> in the world. Well, I love people this. are like. The one thing you always hear is like, well, how come I can't screenshot your NFT, right? Like, how come I just like can't, if it's just a JPEG, I'll just screenshot it. And now you see people on Twitter, like, because now Twitter will let you use an NFT as your profile picture. So people are like screenshotting like these really expensive apes, these bored apes, and they're putting Is that what the fuck that ape thing was about? Yeah, yeah. So that's like the bored ape yacht club. But okay, I'm, I'm retarded and I missed that whole thing. And everybody was showing this ape and I didn't selling get it. for like $400,000 for like one ape. And so like the, like the joke is like people are like, well, I'll just screenshot it. But like that's 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 kind of ridiculous if you think about it, because like if you have like a Babe Ruth rookie card and I just take a picture of it with my phone, I don't have a Babe Ruth rookie card. I just have a picture of a Babe Ruth rookie card. So it's sort of ridiculous. Yeah. It's just people don't really understand what they're talking about when they say shit like that. But like, so this was like the first, actually, this was like one of the first NFTs ever. This is actually the old Pepe flag. Hell from yeah. Back in the, from back in the day of the meme wars right there. This was actually created by the board of the Dogecoin founders. It was given to me by Raphael from the Crypto Vigilante. So it's actually one of the first NFTs ever. This is a physical version of it, obviously. But... Um, I break it out for like events like this because it, it is pretty cool. Dude, that's fucking um, sick. But yeah. you know what's cool about the metaverse? One thing I wanted to mention because you guys were talking about like art and shit like that. Um, if you go inside the Decentraland metaverse, the, you guys have heard of the luxury art firm Sotheby's. You know what I'm talking about? Like mm-hmm. it's like this major like art house, like like real fancy kind of shit. You're talking to trash here, so I'm <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Well, like what's cool about it is like in the decentralized metaverse, they actually bought um like a gallery. They actually had like a like a metaverse architect come in, make a fucking house, make it like a like a art gallery, and you can virtually walk into Sotheby's gallery in the metaverse. You can Pick out a painting on the wall, buy it with a you know over the metaverse, you know using crypto, and then that will translate into like a real life purchase. They will send you the actual physical piece of art through the mail. That's really fucking cool. In the metaverse, I didn't know anything. I didn't know that an NFT could be a physical thing. Yeah, you could totally attach physical items to NFTs. And one one thing that my homie Illuminati Congo did was he actually made a physical NFT coin. And that was one of the things like if you if people present that at his shows and stuff, you get you get like special promo and access to at all the shows. <clears throat> That's sick. Yeah, Mark Cuban from the Mavericks actually what you could do is um you could take your ticket and like I don't know if there's a there's a code or something like that, but there's a way to access if you like you can have a, you can get an NFT from that ticket somehow, and um, people are actually taking those NFTs and selling them on the secondary market for more than the, than the cost of the ticket actually was. So they're getting their money back, and they have this like really like sort of neat 
like memorable collectible that they sort of want. But I'm actually, I actually agree with Elemental when I think that I, I think that like they really the, like the true the best use case for an NFT is something that has to have utility. It has to have like a compelling use case. Like um, again, like I, I I mean, there's all sorts of different ways to that you, we can like use NFTs. And as an agorist, I, I'm like really excited about. Um, just all different sorts of use cases, like especially like DAOs and, and things like that. But like it is important to point out that NFTs are just like one little small aspect of this whole ecosystem of tokens, right? We have tokenization of everything right now. And NFTs are sort of like, to me, like the whole digital like art thing is really just a proof of concept, right? So like smart contracts put governance on chain and nfts are putting the item being governed on chain so it's really just sort of like the evolution of crypto it's like sort of like the next step of where we're headed that's cool man because i mean all you know all you're gonna hear in like the normie fucking and i'm not a normie but like if if you're hearing about nfts and you're not in it then you're only gonna hear the shit normies do and like i heard about like like this, the the little girl with the, like the house on fire behind her, like she's like an adult now. You know that fucking meme. Yes. She sold that photo as an NFT and things like that, and I think she made like a few hundred Dude, thousand bucks. I got, I got into this because people were taking my memes. Like I don't, at this point, I'm only like about ten to twenty percent of them are actually original that I'm actually making anymore. But like, someone took one of my original memes tokenized it on Solana and sold it for like $2,000. And I'm like, what am I doing wrong here? I better, <laughs> yeah. fucking, I better learn about this NFT shit. So now... Buddy, tokenize now that nice nice gay pride shirt with the Mises on it. Sell that <laughs> yes. shit immediately, man. <laughs> yes, I like that. That's a good idea. As soon as we're done here, because somebody's going to rip it off. <laughs> yes, yes. I actually sold an NFT yesterday um, on Solana. So it's like, I... like. One of the questions you get a lot is like, well, how do I do this, right? How do I create an NFT? And like, there's all different ways to do it. But I think one of the, some of the key things to remember are if you're going to use a, like a congested blockchain, you're going to be paying transaction fees out the ass. So like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. If you like, those gas fees are just like oppressive. It's unreal. Um, so that's why I sort of I sort of use Solana because it's so fucking easy and like a lot of people are like proof of history sucks and yeah it probably does but you know what it works and it's really easy right now so that's what I've been using. I'm writing this shit down because I need to be taking notes. And if I anybody think- wants to like check it out, it's it's SoulC.io is the marketplace and you can do everything from there. You can mint NFTs, you can buy, sell, trade. That's like the Solana OpenSea, basically. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. Uh, so the, I think what everyone's wondering, though, is like, because there's so many different places you can mint NFTs. There's so many different blockchains you can mint NFTs. And everyone knows, is thinking about metaverse in the future and thinking, well, what NFT platforms are going to be the ones that are in whichever big version of the metaverse becomes popular, you know? Because you want to be in that, right? Like, because that's where all the traffic's going to be eventually. It's such a hard thing to determine right now, you know? And like well, I said, I see, I, I see things like GameState come up and i mean that's huge like if you go to their website they are paused they're always doing updates they're getting it you know they're they're re- they're gonna be ready to launch in about a year from now but then i hear about all these other things that i'm not really that familiar with that are more mainstream like some of the stuff that you were mentioning sal so i i don't really know like you know i'm over on hive currently now hive has its own like little 
little tiny issues that they need to fix. There might be another fork coming. I don't know. But with that in mind, uh, they got really good NFT platforms. I, I mean, NFT showroom is super polished. There's a lot of really, really talented people on there. And then, you know, people are coming out with uh, the music side of things now, like NFT tunes was one. And then I forget what the name of it is, but my buddy down in Eugene that's on Hive, uh, the logical dude is coming out with another one where you can actually pu publish works in a way on the blockchain that gives you a unique stamp with your NFT music that uh, makes it so it's slightly better than like a common law copyright instead of going through the traditional copyright means, which is a whole nother thing. But yeah, man, there, there's just so many platforms to pick from. But the, the thing is, is people don't a lot of people are using OpenSea. But like he said, the gas fees are nuts. Like and so people aren't like a lot of people are steering away from that. And they're they always talking about partnering with I think it's called Immutable X or something like that to solve it. I don't know if it's actually yeah. going to happen or not. You know? Vitalik has been like just pulling shit out of his ass for like, I don't know, what, six years now, five years. Mm -hmm. But like he's been talking about scaling solutions forever and it just hasn't happened. But Right. For better or worse, most tokenization is still occurring on Ethereum. I don't do it because I, I just I don't want to pay those fees. It's just it's just nuts to me. So I don't do it. But most like big NFT artists, the ones who are making like big big money, mm -hmm. um, it's still it's still on Ethereum. Like depending on what your token project is, will determine what blockchain you should be using. So like mm. if you're gonna tokenize securities and assets which is super agorist. It's also super illegal. So I didn't, I didn't tell you to do it, but um, if you do do it, you're going to want to use like Raven coin. Like it's literally designed for that purpose. Um, you know, for most other things, Ethereum just works, but the, like, you know, like the gas fees are just nuts. And like, there's, there's, so they have like ETH killers now is what they're calling them. So you have like Cardano and um, Solana and like, I, I don't know. Now you have like Pulse Chain coming out. And there's all these different like, like chains that are trying to compete with Ethereum to try to like dethrone Ethereum that are basically doing the same thing that Ethereum did, but they're just like, like tweaking it just a, a little tiny bit. So right. who knows what's going to like pay off and what's going to work and what's not. But right now, most people are still using ETH. If, if I had to guess, I think something like GameState is just going to come out of left field one day when it releases, and it's not going to be anything like any of those platforms. It's really going to exist in the VR world, you know? That's where it's going to end up being, which is weird to me because I'm not really like a VR type person, but I mean, it's kind of cool. I'm not going to lie, you know, actually after looking into a couple of things. So that's my prediction, but it's, it's really hard to see because there's just so much movement and static happening in this realm right now. It's crazy. The other thing too is like if you are trying to like you want in on this you want to like make some money like with art and stuff like that it really helps if you are part of like a dedicated crypto community so like for example i have a buddy um who does like uh, he tokenizes art but he does it on the wax blockchain and because wax is like such a close tight-knit community he does really well Right, because like everybody's trying to pump them up, like, hey, we have this like famous like NFT artist on our chain, and like they're all trying to like blow it up. It's so, like that really helps. Like if you're if you're like active in like I don't know, like some like obscure crypto community, you probably have a decent chance of um, making a buck. But you know, of course, it depends on if you can tokenize and, and the extent of the tokenization platform. Yeah, that's uh, kind of how Hive is, honestly. A couple yeah. of my friends call it like a closed-off garden. <laughs> but uh, it was getting real popular there for a minute, but then some in discrepancies happened. With, there, there's a bit of an issue with downvoting that's being discussed on how to, 
how to uh, appropriately manage downvoting and stuff right now. Um, but other than that, like outside of that, the abuse of downvotes and the centralization of some of the stake by a few few accounts. God, is it a good platform? It's literally the best like social media blogging platform I've ever experienced in my life. Otherwise, um, but you know, seeing some of my friends getting attacked and stuff isn't good um, because that you know that's just like inherently a flaw inherent in the design you know so that's something we either need to change or fork away from i'm not exactly sure what the solution is yet though i don't mean do to you get think they're just trolls or do you think they're fucking feds trying to fuck things up mm, i mean they're agents <laughs> of the of the government whether either yeah. by by being paid to do it or by volunteering to do it and not realizing yeah. that's what they're doing <laughs> like one way or the true, other huh? that's how it is yeah <laughs> so i don't know it's it is what it is. I, I'm trying to, you know, you, I, I honestly really like Hive. I hope that we can come to a resolution. They're actually talking about getting rid of, rid of uh, layer one voting, which is like the whole basis of what Hive blogging is. And, but there's this whole layer two now where there's all these tokens, right? And all these different token projects in specific topic related communities. And those are worth money too. And right now we're getting the level one and the level two rewards on our posts. So if we took away the level one entirely, then there couldn't be downvoting anymore because those don't downvoting doesn't really exist on level two with the tokens. I don't know if it's the right solution or not, to be honest. It's just like the one thing that came up that seems to be getting some traction from both sides of the fence because I don't know. It's hard. It's hard to come to a resolution when one side with all the power just constantly wants to disagree. Is this kind of like YouTube taking away the thumbs down or mm, sort of? But yeah. it's hard to compare that something like this to YouTube, though, honestly. It's about really what it's about is like Hive is being advertised as like one of these Web 3.0 services, you know, and like if we're going to do that and call it a, decent, uh, a decentralized and uncensored platform, then, you know, you can't be downvoting accounts to oblivion because you don't agree with the topic content. Uh, and kicking it off all the trending pages on all the different front ends that it's on, you know, because that essentially is censorship, right? And you're also taking away the power of the monetization of that too by getting rid of the the, the rewards. So I don't think double, you can get whammy. rid of shitheads online. I think you that's <laughs> no, but you. But what you have to do is design a system that makes sure they stay out. And we almost have it. It's so close. It's it's mm. very close to perfect. It's just like a matter of it. The the biggest thing is like. There's always going to be an issue if you tie power to money or stake to money, you know, mm -hmm. so there needs to be like this duality of where you have to earn your reputation and you can't buy it or sell it. You know what I mean? And then like there's a secondary coin, like the 50 percent reward that comes in that's worth money, but you can't use that to like level up your account. It's just like a buy sell thing only. So I don't know. I, that That's kind of what another thing that's being discussed. Also, there's different solutions we could pursue. I'm not really sure what's going to happen yet. It's an interesting uh, point in history, though, for sure. This is a really exciting thing to and just all this blockchain stuff, NFTs, just to be and live and exist in this time right now. is It's really got my brain working. You know what I mean? I feel alive. And I, I mean, honestly, like I, I just had to get out of a nine year relationship with my partner. And that was like one of the hardest things ever. But all this positivity going on all around me is allowing me to keep my focus on these positive things. And if that's happening to me, it's got to be happening to other people. So I'm just like grateful to be healthy and alive right now in this time. That's all I got to say about it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm curious about the non-meta um, versions of NFTs. Like you're selling music through NFTs. I heard people selling books. How does that work? Because um, 
that kind of is oh, that it's it's about having a unique stamp on the blockchain now you could have like uh you can have a physical item be an nft itself and it can even have a tail of crypto with it on a wallet somewhere or you can have an actual asset that's attached to an nft and when the nft is traded the physical asset is also mailed or whatever so it's i, I don't know essentially you could like you just you just attach ownership of like a digital good on the you just you just basically tagging ownership on the blockchain and boom it's an nft mm -hmm. okay but it, so it, someone steals your little um pepe flag see that's what i was gonna ask well this is physical so this is actually mm -hmm. this is this is just a physical embodiment of the first nft ever created so the first NFT ever created was actually the Pepe flag, which is this. And this is like um, one of the founders of Dogecoin created this to celebrate the, the, the moment in history. And I wound up in my hands. But um, so, yeah, you, I mean, you, you, you could tokenize anything, though, like literally anything. You could tokenize this podcast and you could sell... Like you could tokenize your, your business. You could tokenize yeah. anything. Uh, that's what I was going to ask. So how does someone, uh, so how does someone, I guess, establish ownership? Let, let's say I want to take the photo and it's probably already sold. There's probably already an idea, but let's say I take like uh, the photo of like uh, Marilyn Monroe over the fucking grill. You know that, you know what I'm talking about? The sewer and she's going like this and her dress is blowing up. Could I take that photo NFT it and sell it? Like how? Well, how does someone who owns that photo? Your photo. Yeah, it has, your photo. it has to be your original content. But uh, mm. getting to the question of how is it tied to you specifically, a lot of uh, platforms, the legit ones, if when you're going to be an NFT artist on that platform, you have to be uh, whitelisted. Yeah, yeah, verified mm. a white. It's it's called white being whitelisted, and a lot of that is KYC. And if you don't know what that is, that means know your customer, and that's essentially like a a, a identity verification process. Now. That is actually uh, a lot of people don't like that kind of stuff. Now, fortunately, if you're it, like me, like on Hive, I have a lot of friends that know me and my account. So I was allowed to whitelist through my uh, artist name and my account name because I'm so well known. But a, a lot of times you can't get away with that. You actually have to like send photo picture, your photo ID and all that stuff. You know, I'm, I'm just not really about it. So that's another thing. Like it, it could go either way with that. It depends on the person. Some a lot of people yeah. don't, like, don't like that process. Yeah, I won't. I won't get verified on Solsea. I absolutely refuse. Um, the one thing that we haven't really spoke about yet is like the fractionalization of tokens, which I think is like huge. Also, um, so like you could take a, a, a car. Let's say you can like, let's say you have a car that's worth ten thousand dollars. Well, you could actually create four tokens that are. Um, let's say they're worth $2,500 each and each token represents a 25% ownership stake in that particular car. Now you could do like some sort of like Uber thing on like with smart contracts using the blockchain so that like you guys just get paid out, right? You don't even have to like, you don't do anything with the car. It's just everything, everything runs on a smart contract and all you do is receive payment for you renting the car out. And like, it can, like I said, it can all be done on smart contracts and shit like that. So it's, like really, and of course, there's like a lot of regulatory hurdles right now, and like the government doesn't really know how to respond and stuff like that. But that's another story. Um, Nancy Pelosi, like I'm having a hard time understanding this. I'm thinking right. about like, those old fucking boomers and 
Congress. I have a friend of mine. A friend of mine does like the legal aspect of all this shit, and they were like, "Yeah, like the government is like severely, severely wrestling with these concepts. (laughs) Like they have whole teams dedicated to trying to understand this shit because they they just don't." You could try to explain. You could get paid by explaining this shit to them. Yeah, I know. Oh, yeah. I wouldn't. See, that's the thing. I wouldn't. I'd rather that's, die. That's why the governments don't have the best programmers, and, and you know what I mean? And, exactly. Uh, because they don't. They will never work for them. I uh, want to make an NFT of Nancy Pelosi's eyebrows. <laughs> they just keep getting bigger. Like, Dude, the government doesn't even have their hands heads wrapped around crypto yet, or even well, Bitcoin yet. You know, okay. it's like... <laughs> yeah, literally. So I was thinking this, of like just NFT and... Um, political speeches or just like sound bites from when you know politicians are just going to have to backtrack a week later and i don't know what this is it's got to be oc though it's got to be original content yeah okay it has to be your content okay so if you put some sound effects in the background or something like how does this yeah you can't you can't include audio yes i I actually did that with my uh there's an uh, the nft the that comes with my album you can only get through the physical copies the first 500 copies is it has audio and it's an mp4 video of my like logo spinning really really high resolution i got a a animator i met through hive uh that lives off the coast of australia to help me create it it's fucking awesome yeah man thank you that's my first nft i own an oh yeah yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, so you got to just follow the instructions to retrieve it, and I'll send it right over to you once you have the account ready. And like that's another. Um, I don't know how you created um, those those to- those those NFTs, but like one way that they that like friends of mine will do it is um, it's like it's more professional. It's more like the high end NFT artist. What they'll do is they'll use like generative art. So like they'll create one particular piece of art that looks really nice that they're happy with. And then they use an algorithm to like adjust just a, a few aspects of it. And then they'll create like a whole set, like let's say like a hundred different versions of that picture. They're all a little bit different like than one another. So like I think like some of the apes were created this way. <laughs> and you can have like and you can just sell like you have a hundred, you know, a hundred like now like the value goes up because it's now it's more of a collectible. Well, you know what I mean? It, it's actually funny you mentioned that because the one that I released is the album promo. There's 500 copies of it, right? And each one goes with the physical album, blah, blah, blah. But that's just like the regular 3D animated version on black background. I also have two other versions of that same kind of NFT coming out that's going to be much more rare. There's only going to be like maybe maybe like 25 copies of one and like 10 of the other. They're just like super upgraded in a three-dimensional realm like in space nebulas with like blue smoke going everywhere and shit. Yeah, Very so cool. like You know what I mean? And they all are going to have different like in- instrumentals from different music projects that may or may not be on the album. <clears throat> so that's just one example of something that you were just talking about. I feel like I feel like a fucking boomer listening to this shit. <laughs> it's also new. That's the trippy part of yeah. all of this. Like like the fact that you got deal digital realty that you can't afford to buy yet. Right. Like where's the stage where it's just like, yeah, I could buy like a whole like swath of neighborhoods for like 10 cents. We yeah. missed it. We well, well let's put like this. We missed it in, in some of the main metaverses, right? It's it's not affordable in Decentraland. And in the sandbox metaverse, I don't know if you guys heard about this, but like Snoop Dogg bought a house. Yes, yeah, I heard in, about in it. the sandbox <laughs> metaverse. And this guy is like putting on free concerts in the metaverse. Like you can go to his house and he's rocking out. Like Snoop Dogg is like performing for you in the metaverse. So like when he did that, all of the 
the, the land surrounding Snoop Dogg's house shot up in value. Yeah, everybody yeah, yeah. wanted to be Snoop Dogg's neighbor. So right. it's like, yeah, it's wild. I remember that one, dude? Imagine being his next door fucking neighbor. You bought the house first, and then your fucking property's worth couple, couple mil. Money. I don't know how Crazy much money. money, dude. Like, I don't know. Like, one of the things. So, like, one of the um, one of the ideas that we've tossed around at Agoristics was actually buying like a big plot of land in the in the, in the Decentraland metaverse. And then what we were going to do is create like a, a sort of, I don't know, like a stadium or like a Roman Coliseum style stadium. And then what we would do is we would take these sent, these people who have been censored from social media, right, left, center, conservative, liberal, libertarian, whatever. And we would invite them to speak in this open forum and then sell tickets. That's so you have sick, like That's have like Milo Yiannopoulos idea. like come in and like say controversial shit and we can charge like $5 a ticket or something like that. Yeah, but like because it's on the blockchain, you can't really censor this shit. So it's like it's like a, it's a matter of time until people start finding ways to use the metaverse to like right fuck the government and and like these big tech censors, you know. That's such a fucking good idea, it, Sal. I really yeah. hope you do that. But it, 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 it's, the internet it's big is money, revolutionary. The, it, so, it, yeah, the internet is the revolutionary space. It always has been. We're just in the stone ages of the internet. Still, is what people don't realize. Like we really yeah. are. We, we're just getting started. What yeah. does it take to create your own fucking little piece of metaverse? Like, to, what if you wanted to create your own fucking neighborhood? You need a lot of money. Ooh, you have to no, buy you, land. You, well, or you have to create it yourself, and you need to. Well, that's what I mean. That. Can you create Developers, land if you're a developer? What? Like, how the mm-hmm. fuck do you develop shit? I, I'm, I'm like, that's here's the thing: the developers all, right now. All this the doesn't make sense. There's head. like no, there's like no developers for hire right now. They're all off doing their own projects. The ones that were hired by like these like blockchain gaming companies and metaverse world creation companies, like they're they're sitting there working for them, looking at the money that they're making off the thing they're creating for them, and, and saying, "Fuck that! I'm gonna go do this myself." And like, that's what's going on right now. It's like impossible to get development, and if you if you do get it, it's super expensive. And what people want is shares in it. You know what I'm saying? And that's not what was happening mm. before. They People want a part of the things that they're creating. And uh, I talked to my friend about this recently. He was like, oh, yeah, dude, that's what the big companies back in the day when they were first getting getting going with their developers did, like IBM and Microsoft and, Mac- and Macintosh and shit. They all included, like, uh, uh, profit revenue sharing through stocks and stuff to all the developers, man. You're like, that's how it's done. And that's what they need to convert to to keep the developers interested. So, like, <clears throat> like back in the day... Like way back in the day, like 2014, uh, we had colored coins, which was like a it, it basically these these were like the precursors to NFTs. And I don't know if you guys are familiar with um, Tatiana Moroz. She's like a musician who's like also a libertarian. Yeah, yeah. She's pretty she's so. pretty well well pretty well known in like a crypto anarchist space. But but what she was doing way way back then. Like before anybody was even talking about NFTs, what she was doing was um, you could like, let me get, let me make sure I'm, I'm probably going to butcher this, but she like, so like she'd be playing guitar at some event and she would have a QR code and you could just scan the QR code, buy her album. And it would be like, as an NFT, you would buy like the NFT of her album. And this is like mm-hmm. way back in the day in like 2014. Wow. So like, yeah. So you can like imagine like how far ahead <laughs> of the curve some of these people were, you know what I mean? <laughs> Yeah, I remember. Wow. I remember my homies talking about NFTs like back when I first started. I mean, I haven't even been involved in crypto that long. Like 2016 is when I 
first got into it. I want I wanted to get into it anyway. But yeah, the, it, it's just crazy to hear stories like that because. I mean, damn, I'm just I was hearing about NFTs when I was first hearing about crypto, but I kind of put it off to, to the side in my head because I didn't take it seriously back then. And now that it's getting more popular, it's like, damn, I should have paid more attention, I guess. <laughs> I didn't hear the word NFT until 2021. Well, see, they weren't always called NFTs. We used to call them mm. colored coins because they were really, really? Like, yeah, the idea was that they were like marked coins. They were colored. Huh. So you could like you could like spot them like they were like different somehow. And then that sort of became like, yeah, we had counterparty back then for like Bitcoin tokens and shit. And it wasn't really like, it was like, like, I don't know. It was, it was, it's, it's just incredible. One thing I've learned is that when you have like this, um, like this new, this new like thing in the crypto space, whether that's like NFT boom or the ICO boom, jump in head fucking first like jump in because mm -hmm. financially you will not regret it like you won't regret <laughs> oh, it oh that my uh, somebody very wise once said to me there's only two things people will ever regret about crypto getting out at the wrong time and not investing more when they could have <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's like the yeah. truest yeah. shit i've ever heard in my life true true <laughs> no, but like no like back so like in 2016 like so like the idea is that these tokens are not supposed to be immutable but on ethereum it's not really the case so like back in 20 like 16 ish I want to say we had the first ever DAO. So like a DAO is a decentralized autonomous organization. Think like like a business firm with no CEO, no board of directors. It's all managed by token holders. So like if you own 5 out of 100 tokens, you own, you know, 5% of the total company, the total DAO, the total organization. So you control five percent of the voting rights and the first one ever it was like 2016 we were all super excited i had made like a killing off of like the first crowd sale off of ethereum and like bitcoin was pumping everybody had money back then so like i just dumped everything into the dow and like i'm super excited and then what happened was i wake up one saturday and all my dow tokens the value of my dow tokens was like gone it was just mm. zero, zero. And I'm like, what is going on here? Turns out some dude in Europe, there was a flaw. There was one line in the code for the DAO tokens that was erroneous. It was flawed for whatever reason. And some dude spotted it. And he knew that most of the DAO token holders were likely to be Americans. So he waited until we were all asleep. And he fucking drained the whole DAO. And it was like oh one of the worst days of my life. Like, I probably, in today's money, I probably lost like millions of dollars in Ethereum. Fuck. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. But as, a, as an anarchist, I was immediately faced with the question of, all right, is this a fucking nap violation? And I had to conclude that no, it wasn't because. Are you sure? Yeah, because I, if you think <laughs> about it. I'm going to go choke him to death. Think about it. Like, I know, dude, I wanted to. But like in crypto, in crypto, code is law, right? Yeah. And it was my fault for not, for not doing my own research and auditing the code before I invested so heavily in it. So I like, he was abiding by the law, by the code, and I was the one who was stupid and didn't understand it. So that's not to say if I don't ever see the guy, I'm not going to, uh, you know, willingly violate the non-aggression principle. <laughs> in a few cases, I would, but it just goes to show you. My my point in all of this is like the technology is new. Number one, a it's still new, and b do your own research. 
So we got a couple comments here. Uh, we got Phoebe's saying, right click, save image as. So <laughs> Yeah, but Phoebe, Phoebe, if, but you know, Phoebe, like if, if you had like a, again, if you had like a Babe Ruth rookie card and I took a picture of it with my cell phone, I don't have a Babe Ruth rookie card. I just have a picture of a Babe Ruth rookie card. It's the same shit if you right click my, my <laughs> NFT. Umbrado says, hi, guys. Uh, and then Elemental, I think this is one of your friends. Uh, Thistlefy says, hot cocoa and gr- hot cocoa and gin. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's a jackalope fam down there, man. What up, homies? Okay. He <laughs> says, yeah, he says, I met you guys at Jackalope, and we need yeah. to look into Epic Cash. Okay. Okay. For sure. <laughs> right on. I've heard of Epic. Is there a way? Hey, can I like post stuff somewhere in the in the group chat somehow? Do I have to do that on YouTube? So we have a group chat. Uh, I think is it a private chat on this thing though? Yeah, there's a private chat right there. Uh, but how well, do I, I get can the one it. where where with the audience? I have to do that on YouTube. So if you look up the right corner there, I can see it. It says comments. We just got another one. Cosmic Radio. That's my homie. He says, "What's up, guys?" I, I can't up, type in up? there though. How can I type in there? Sorry, I don't mean. I to. have no idea, dude. I'm just gonna. I'm do it such a YouTube. fucking boomer. Yeah, try yeah. it. <laughs> All right, man. Well, I I'm still feel retarded about this, but I want to make an <laughs> NFT. All day long, I make fucking memes all the time. I make I make an original content. Dude, you have to you have to tokenize that shit then because like. So, like the easiest way to do it, I'm telling you, you can use. There's a million blockchains, and I'm I'm not familiar with like 85 percent of them because there's so fucking many of them at this point. Um, the one that I found that's really easy to do this on is Solana. So if you if you just go, if you or your audience wants to go to SoulC.io, and you just click create, it's just like one form. It's like one form you got to fill out and yeah. you're done. It's and you can make the NFT and list it in like one shot, like literally under under one minute is how long it's going to take you. That's fucking dope. Right. Yeah, it's send a me a link. I'm going to put this in the show notes. Sorry, man. you said the uh, that was a Solana one. I missed what you said. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. That's soulc.io. Okay, that's a cool name. I like the URL. Yeah, it's like it's like a play on OpenSea. They're just sort of like stealing the 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 name recognition. Gotcha. Yeah, that's what I Can it be? Can it be anything? Like, can they? Can it be explicit? Let's say I took a dick pic and then yeah, threw it out yeah. there. Hell yeah, absolutely. Why not? Dude, okay. we can tokenize dick pics. I didn't think about that. <laughs> Revolutionary. Well, I was thinking about yeah, porn stars selling pictures of their buttholes or something like. I th- there's now like not safe for work. Happen, not yeah. safe. For- <laughs> not safe for work NFT. Yeah, there's got to be like a porn land. It's probably already happening. There's got to be porn land, right? Like in the in the VR world. Oh my and God. so that's gonna be the next thing on fucking OnlyFans. Let's make some money, guys. Let's get into this. Let's make even more money. And um, <laughs> you'll f- forget about D- Dow or Dao. Like we're gonna be fucking billionaires. Yeah. Dixie.io. <laughs> I, I'll give you the links to put for the uh, Splinterlands and all that stuff. Too. And Game State too. That's another one people need to see. You can put that in the comments. That, that apparently comments is disabled on the uh, YouTube one at the moment. So <clears throat> somebody just commented again. He says, God, "You guys that? check out Decentraland yet?" Question mark. Do you know what Decentraland is? He, he was talking about that earlier. Yes. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. what, what was the question? 
Oh, uh, my buddy, he sent out a comment. He says, have we checked out Decentraland yet? Yes, I love Decentraland. That's like the one I that's the one I fuck with the most because I think that's like the most promising because it's so decentralized. But there's so many different um, metaverses out there nowadays that it's like you don't know which one's going to be the next big one. Right now, like the two bigger ones are Decentraland and Sandbox. But yeah, like if you go in Decentraland, you get like Explore. It's very much so developed, man. Like there's like big companies in there, like who have who bought out big stakes in there. Like you, like you could see Tesla, like ha has property. Sotheby's has property. There's another one I just saw. Um, so the first big porn company to make this happen is going to make a lot of money. Let's say like Brazers gets in there, and what what are you guys doing? They wait, need to be doing that Brazers? now. Razors is one of the porn companies. I don't, <laughs> I, I don't know about that stuff. So, how about a strip club? How about we just like offer like a decentraland strip club? Dude, you can you can do that shit. Let's tokenize butt plugs. Like we can. <laughs> yes. Dude, you can do all that shit. You can actually you can fractionalize a butt plug, so you can have a hundred owners of one butt plug. You can make a multi sig wallet so that the butt plug only vibrates if all hundred people actually confirm the transaction or if only if a majority of people confirm the transaction you're blowing my mind <laughs> this crazy. is amazing crazy the future is now <laughs> you know uh, yeah it's very trippy it's none of this was here like a couple of years ago that's the funny part or at least people didn't it wasn't the technology wasn't as well developed a couple of years ago you know right yeah so one thing I think is cool because uh, like Elemental showed me, I thought you needed a VR headset to like access the metaverse, but you uh, can no, just do no. this on a computer. No, you could just use your mouse and, and arrows if you don't have a VR set. That's what I do. Yeah, and I think there's only one metaverse right now that that you can incorporate a headset with. I think it's like Starlink. I think is the only one that actually you can actually use the headset with right now. But they all plan on adding VR capabilities sooner rather than later. Yeah, man, I'm telling you, Game State, dude. Gotta look at Game State. Cosmic Radio says Jack Murphy will be there. I don't know if you guys uh, have heard about the Jack Murphy stuff. Who's Jack Murphy? <laughs> I didn't know who he was, uh, and he is like he's uh, he's like a, what do you call those people? Like a men's right activist guy. He was like really big in the in the manosphere, and he just got caught. Uh, well, got caught uh, by his fans. He was going on uh, what's that like chatterbait kind of thing. You know what I mean? And like he was doing he was doing gay stuff and putting things in his butt. And so that didn't go over very well in the manosphere because you know they're all like macho guys. So <laughs> God bless. Hey, whatever floats his boat. <laughs> That's what I said. I said he just needs to own it, man. If you're gonna be a freak, you just gotta let that shit fly. You're gonna be like, I'm yeah. so manly, I can shove this giant dragon dildo up my ass. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you just gotta you gotta fucking embrace it, dude. It's true. <laughs> you gotta own it. Uh, one one thing I did just think of that I want to mention uh, is, as far as the developers, uh, there is one <clears throat> service that's available on uh, through through Hive Engine. I think uh, you can you can actually get the Splinterlands team to build you like an NFT card game. Like, and they they make. I mean, it like I said, they have the best, they have the biggest and most popular blockchain game in the world. So there's a service for that. It's like between like four and eight thousand dollars or something like that. I can't remember. There, I, I'm trying to find the link for it. I'll give you that one too. Anyway, that's <laughs> sick. 
if any of my listeners are going to spend four to eight thousand dollars on a fucking that's awesome he can also build <laughs> they, they can also build hive outposts that's what i'm doing right now with the uh the conscious artist collective i've been organizing for the past few years finally got funding for that to go through uh next month i think i'm, I'm almost finished with the white paper i've been writing that that's a whole nother thing <laughs> so yeah what is that can you talk about that a little bit uh, I'll touch on it a little bit. I don't want to put the name out there. I, I have a whole logo, everything. I even started giving out stickers and lapel pins, but uh, it, it's the most popular concept I've ever thought of. But the whole idea and premise of it is uh, came about when I, you know, I know a lot of really, really talented folks, and most of them are like musicians and hip hop artists and shit. You know, everything from like from like and uh, and regular drawing artists too. Just like it goes on and on and on. And when you, especially with the music side of things, try find one of us and you try to, and then you're like, I really like that music. How can I find other music like that? You have to sift through this sea of static that exists of all this other shit out there. And it's like impossible to find all of us. So the solution I came up with is for us to create a collective promotional space where we all have like our own, like invite only we'll develop the main council and stuff of artists and like ha- fill out our profiles there, have it linked to all our individual websites and our profiles and stuff, but we all advertise the same site. Right. And that's going to make it so everyone can find all our stuff at once. And the front page will always update when people put out a new thing or whatever. And as they're doing that and it publishes to Hive or the, the outpost of Hive, that's going to give the uh, the uh, collective token that I'm going to create, too. As I tokenize that, I give the air- artist airdrops for everyone in the main council. We launch it. And then we just, you know, start distributing the token with all the uh, post updates about people's music, what they're doing in the studio, what they're doing at their shows or whatever they're doing. You know, I'm about, about to put a new album out. All that stuff gets monetized every time they talk about it and publish that stuff as well. And it gets double monetized, hopefully, if we can figure out the the high voting issue. But I mean, anyway, that that's that's basically where it's coming from. But then it, but then on the outside, too, if you're not a member of the collective and you find this site and you're also an artist, it's an access point for everyone outside the collective for any type of production or promotion they could imagine. Like, because there's not just going to be, you know, musicians and MCs and drawing artists. There's going to be producers, music producers, vi- uh, music video producers, you know what I'm saying? And uh, other developers, all the developers we know are going on there. Uh, you know, so it's, and there's going to be like different options for style and price point matching too. So you can like actually find what you need and what can afford. <clears throat> that's sick yeah it's fucking dope man so we're working on it we're <laughs> hopefully it'll be out in the next several months i fucking dig it man what are some new things you're working on Sal? oh man <clears throat> well actually we are um we're actually building a dow right now um listen to this so it's, just, it's actually sort of fits into our conversation about nfts and tokens and shit the idea is we're going to create a DAO, um, and we've done a lot of research. I've talked to my buddy; he's a professor of law at NYU, and he and his colleagues think that like this year is like they expect to see a lot of regulatory action against DAOs. Mm-hmm. So, um, what we're going to do is we're going to actually take the DAO and we're going to turn it against the government. We're going to actually use it against politicians. And the way we're going to do that is by um, creating and creating this DAO with, with the with the initial purpose of providing bail relief to agorists to counter economists. Yeah. Yeah. So hopefully this will um, encourage people to engage in black and gray market entrepreneurship. It'll sort of lower 
the, the barriers to entry, lower the risk associated with agorism, and it'll encourage more people to get involved. That and, might save my ass someday. <laughs> and when we have somebody, no, for real, because when yeah. we have somebody who like, you know, the next Ross Ulbricht or something. Right. Like, I was just, I was just thinking about him as you were talking like, about that. He was like, you know, like maybe like, ah, <laughs> oh, like this is a good idea. It's super disruptive, but I don't want to get in trouble. Well, Hey, Agora Dow can, will back me up if I, if I do this. So that's sort of the idea. And the, the second idea, the second point behind it all is that I'm hoping that eventually it's sort of like merges into a collective of agorist revolutionaries and we can sort of use it as a sort of like almost like an insurance mechanism for and by other agorists so that's one project i'm working on now i'm um i just started my next book um which is going to be like about how like of the history of like like the government and the state and how we got to, this, to the point where we're at right now I've got so much shit going on. I'm speaking at Anarchapoco in a month, so I'm busy. Um, oh, cool. Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to put together like a speech for that. So I've got a million shit. I've got too many things going on, to tell you the truth. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Well, fucking hey, man. That's awesome. When your book comes out, definitely come back on. We'll fucking we'll do a book giveaway again. Well, yeah, so, like, it's interesting because, you know, I was thinking about it. Last time I was on, we were talking about anti-politics, which is about, like, nonviolent counter-economic entrepreneurship and how we can use that to sort of create more freedom. And here we are now talking about NFTs, which is doing exactly that. So it's, like, sort of fitting. Like, we talked about, like, the meta idea before, and now we're starting to get into, like, how to and, like, different tools people can use to do that. And NFTs are one of them. Yeah, yeah, you could sell NFTs to fund your bailout. Well, that would be the whole thing. We would be we would be selling like DAO tokens, um, but like you know, also NFTs. Like we we've spoken about a couple disruptive applications people can use them for, but like also one thing that they've done is is like they've created a whole generation of you know wealthy crypto heads, right? They've all these all these people who were into crypto early because they were anarchists, libertarians, crypto anarchists, whatever, cypherpunks. They got mu- they, they're the ones who, who made money because they understood this shit before the average person did. So um, it's, it's definitely, at the very least, it's helped to transfer money from the normies, from the, the, the Keynesians, to the people who actually understand this shit. So it's already helped to create a more free society. And the metaverse is another example of how that's going to expand even more. And all the different applications we talked about now, from like giving artists more, more, more royalties and more control over their their art, like musicians and stuff like that, to like the raffles and the pools. Another sort of idea we've kicked around here that we actually rejected at a, at a risk because it's kind of it's just too illegal, <laughs> even for me, <laughs> is like um, going back to that whole concept of like a football pool. You guys know what I'm talking about. I think your listeners know what I'm talking about. Um, imagine instead of a football pool with a hundred different possible outcomes, you had a pool with a hundred elderly politicians. And <laughs> a death pool? Are we doing a death pool? pool? Fuck a yes. death pool for I'm politicians. <laughs> and if you own the NFT for Queen Elizabeth and that bitch croaks, <laughs> you get paid out by via a smart contract. But my lawyers, my lawyer friends tell me that because I'm a Florida resident, 
raffles don't go over big in the south so mm. i would be looking at like heavy time and shit so if you're not in florida if you're in a place where raffles are more legal more friendly that's a great way to use nfts to sort of mock the state make a buck and and, and have a and have a good time while you do it Dude, I put my money on on Jay Bizzle for sure, dude. Yeah, me too. <laughs> me too. That token would be He's worth a shit quick. ton of money. See, like that, like the Joe Biden NFT would probably resell for like all kinds of money because uh, everybody thinks this fucking guy's gonna die. Uh, dead coin. Yeah, Joe uh, Biden's dead. <laughs> oh. <laughs> dude, we gotta get celebrities oh in here too. I mean, if you had Betty White, then. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, this I was, is I was fucking a, amazing. I was going to say too, like paying attention to celebrities promoting a, a coin or an NFT yes. series or something like that. Like that can be a big thing, or even more so, uh, a platform really is what we're waiting for. Watch and see what the celebrities say and do and move quickly. Right. <laughs> you know, that's unfor like unfortunately. That's a really that good is. point. So, like, yeah. one of the things I get a lot is, well, how do I invest in NFTs? Like, what should I do? And um, the easiest way you can do it is just to buy the native token, right? So, like, again, for better or worse, most shit is tokenized on Ethereum right now. I don't think it's a good idea. But if you wanted exposure to the tokenization, to this tokenbrian explosion, which is what I call it, you could just buy Ethereum. And as more people tokenize more things, the, the price of Ethereum should go up. So like pick the pick the platform you think is best for tokenization, most ripe for tokenization. Buy that native token and watch it go up. And boom, that's easiest way to get exposure to it. Sick. I like it, man. I fucking I see again, I'm a boomer with this shit and I'm married, so I don't look into this shit. But somebody was telling me there's like an OnlyFans kind of thing, but that's uh, they have a Bitcoin kind of thing. They call them cummies. Do you know what I'm talking about? Dude, I've heard of them. I've heard of this. <laughs> and I think it's worth a certain. So like you can tip inside the website while a girl's doing nasty things. And you'd be like, she's like, well, that's going to cost you 10 cummies if you want me to do this. Oh, my God. Dude, for real, and like actually, nah. actually, uh, cummy spiked like six months ago. Yeah, of course yeah, it did. of course. <laughs> How appropriate, dude! You're gonna have some more like crypto anarchy kind of girls on there too. That's it's kind of sweet. Oh yeah, where are they? At? Like it's funny. It's funny, but it's funny because the U.S. dollar is such a fucking joke that yeah. fucking come token <laughs> could actually fucking rival it. <laughs> like that is what, that is what it is like, like the bankers have actually made a complete mockery out of fiat and currency to the point where like meme coins and fucking come token. And we're like reaping all the benefits. <laughs> yeah. Dude, the crypto anarchists, the agorists, the cypherpunks, the, the people who understood this shit from the get go, it's just it's 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 easy it's easy money, bro. It's like they're just giving away fucking money, and I'm all about it. Hell yeah, well, free money. Free money is it. how it should be anyway, right? Free money. <laughs> Think about that. Just saying. Yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah. I mean, if like if 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 the Federal Reserve is going to create this toxic environment that's just ripe for alternative currencies. <laughs> I fucking read Rothbard. I read that shit. I know what he said. I'm investing in alternative non-inflationary assets because I understand all street economics. And it's, it's, been, it's been the best decision I've ever made for myself. 
it's it's really like one of the questions I got yesterday in that tutorial was like, there's a woman who is like, um, I'm living paycheck to paycheck and I want to get involved in crypto. What can I do? And my thing was like, become your own bank as soon as fucking possible. Get yeah. yourself out of the fiat banking system. That's the number one thing you could do because once if you have like $100 in some crypto and you wait long enough or if you just – you don't have to wait that long anymore – Soon it'll be 200 and you've doubled your purchasing power. So it's like it's not really hard. Let, let the Federal Reserve do the work for you, right? If you if you understand the economic case, just let them screw things up for you. So I think – so I, I 100% agree with you, man, because I remember like – I don't know. This was probably a year ago, two years ago. Uh, somebody gave me like 80 bucks of Ethereum. And like within like – I don't know. It was like four months. It was like 400 bucks. It, it just had shot up. It was, it was like, um, and, and that's great. But how do normies like that, that lady that's living paycheck to paycheck, how do, how does she spend it on a daily basis? Like how, like how does she make that money? Cause that, that was like me. I was like, I was watching it go up and down and it was kind of like a, a video game for me. I was like, Oh, I have $600. I don't know how to spend. Right. Well, <laughs> you know I mean? well, like, so like, so there's an, in, every day there's an increasing amount of stores and websites and, and e-commerce sites that are accepting crypto. You can go to like, um, I think it's like map.bitcoin.com or something like that. And it'll tell you like different cryptos where they're accepted and who accepts them and shit. But, um, the easiest way, and if you, you have to KYC yourself pretty heavily, but like, if you want to get one of those like debit cards, you get like a crypto.com card or like a BitPay card. I think Coinbase is going to drop a debit card. There should be a lot coming out pretty soon. Um, but you can get one of those. And for all intents and purposes, it sort of normalizes the spending experience. But like I said, you have to like be KYC'd out your ass. You basically have to send these people like a blood and stool, stool sample. Okay. Yeah. We're getting some more comments here. This is from Sissel. Uh, or Thistle. He says, uh, anyways, he says, come to Jackalope this year. My DJ buddy's coming. Sector 763. Um, let's see here. Somebody said, yes. Uh, Anarchopoco. Then we have uh, Umbrado says, land is non-fungible. Restricted areas can register owners via decentralized NFTs. Does that make sense to you guys? <laughs> land is non-fungible so you know it's actually funny now that he says that i'm starting to think otherwise right because if land has a certain location in the metaverse maybe it's not as maybe it's more maybe it's not as fungible as i thought it was i don't hmm. know i guess i'd have to think about it hmm. hey thistle maybe drop uh dro drop when uh jackalope is this year when and where <sighs> monkman says epic cash is awesome and I love Epic Cash. <laughs> I don't know what Epic Cash is, but it's a crypto. A lot of people have tried to get me to get into. I really am not too familiar with it, but like a lot of people have like tried to introduce me to it. There's just so many cryptos out there. It's just hard for me to like keep up with all of them at this point. I can only learn so about so many cryptos, you know. Mm -hmm. Maybe I'm gonna go buy some Epic Cash after this. Thank you, Monk Man. <laughs> well, gentlemen, uh, I feel a little bit smarter than I did. I feel uh, a little <laughs> I think I think I actually have more questions than we started. But, uh, <laughs> gentlemen, thank you for your time. Uh, 
do you guys want to throw out anything else? Elemental, I wanted to talk to you again a little bit about your album. It it's really fucking cool. Uh, he, I bought one yesterday. Was it yesterday? It looks like yeah. a cassette tape. Do you and not have it, has, it right there? Uh, it's like it's in the other room, okay. uh, and it you bust it out, and it has a fucking USB. It has both your albums, and it has your NFT on it. And it's a 4K, and, and it also comes with a 4K music video as well. That's still not released, actually. Uh, that's going to be called? another. Power of Truth is the name of the album. But so, I like it. I'm oh, going to buy three from you the next time I see you, and we're going to give those out to three lucky listeners. I'll te- I'll tell you guys later how you can get your album from elemental so real quick uh history tidbit on why because originally i was releasing the album on my solo return on on the 17th of december and everything seemed to be going fine but then i got hit with a copyright thing on a one second sound sample i had on one of my tracks and i looked at it and i was like wait because i thought it was going to be one track that ended up clearing and then it was the one with the martin luther king uh i have a dream uh uh, sound sample and it was literally just one second of I, when he says i have a dream at the beginning the song's called shift the focus it's kind of uh centered around environmentalism and uh extending that message of not just equal rights for all people but also to the earth having its own rights as a living entity and uh <clears throat> anyway so i try to put it out and i get hit with that so that's why the official release hasn't come out to all the major streaming platforms yet but i've been in contact with the king center which is the uh, intellectual property firm that oversees the estate of Martin Luther King Jr.'s family. And they seem to re- receptive to letting me use it. But here's the cool history part. So the reason that that's not in the public domain, because usually something that old or that, especially that historically significant, uh, as like probably one of the most impactful speeches in human history, uh, it, it's usually in the public domain. But in this case, what happened was he gave that speech in like a month or so later or something like that. Somebody that he knew came to him and told him that uh, somebody was selling like selling copies of it. I don't know if it was like a video or if it was if audio of it, but uh, they took the they took these guys to court and he won. And in doing so, he actually obtained ownership of his own speech. So the speech doesn't actually go into the public domain until like 2036 or something like that anyway so that's that's what i ended up going through but it was a cool story though that i had to go through that process and learn all that that stuff about one of my honestly childhood heroes and greatest inspirations when i was growing up um that guy like talked in verse the way he talked was like so unparalleled you know what i mean he really grabbed you such an orator but uh he's very loquacious anyway but (laughs) uh but yeah uh it's been cool to like talk to the and have interaction with the groups that deal with that and um uh, it seems like it's all going well i'm just waiting to hear back final words from him actually so hopefully i'll hear by uh early next week and i'll be able to push this thing forward and actually have the unmolested song with the intended sample at the beginning on all the platforms and not you know not just Sweet, a free, free version of it so how what's the best way that people can find you and find your music <clears throat> well i mean my band camp is where you're going to want to find me uh elemental let's see what it is actually hold on let me look it up uh, elemental.bandcamp.com that's e-l-a mental not e-l-e spell it with an a i like it man yeah. that's awesome sal where can people find you again and where should people buy your 3d printers salvigoras.com is where most of my stuff is at um 3d printer go burr.com uh, Agora Threads for apparel and clothing, and the book is Anti Politics. Follow me on social media, 
Twitter, Snap, Insta, Facebook, everything. So, fucking a man, gentlemen. Thank you very much. Thank you. Oh, one more thing. My my first album on Bandcamp is completely free for download. By the way, so you don't have to pay anything for it and go get it immediately. Very sweet. Cool. Yeah. Everybody, go check that shit out. Yeah. <clears throat>